This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Welcome to the Mark Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Hyman, and I am here with my co-host, Kelly King. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Elizabeth. You know what? This episode is coming out the end of March, and I sure hope it feels like the end of March when this episode comes out. (laughs) I'm ready for spring. Yes, it'll be nice to have spring and warmer weather and sunshine um, outside. Maybe. Maybe. Sometimes we get more storms in the spring, but... Yeah. Well, we can skip those. We actually have one of your, what we're going to call your real life friends today. A real life friend. It's so fun. Tell us a little bit about your real life friend. Well, this is my friend, Katie Boatman. And Katie, we like to have our guests introduce themselves. So you tell us about yourself, your ministry, your life in Nashville with your golden doodle, all of those things. Yes, I am Katie Boatman. I am Elizabeth's real life friend. <laughs> I she have does friends. have friends. Yes. <laughs> um, I do live here in Nashville, Tennessee, and I have a mini golden doodle named Nash. And honestly, when I named him that, I didn't live in Nashville. I lived in Dallas and I missed being in Nashville. So I thought, man, this name's going to be really cute. But then I moved back to Nashville and now he's just a cliche. So I picked him up from a doggy daycare. The other day, and at the front, they said, "Which Nash are you picking up?" And I was like, "Yeah." So it's like Nash um, B and Nash C. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. So, um, I also am a writer and a marketing and communications girl, and I really love student ministry. That's kind of looked different in a lot of seasons of my life, but that's you know that's mostly me. I'm also an aunt. I have two nieces and a nephew, and Two of them live here in Nashville, which is really fun to get to be a part of their lives on, you know, a regular basis and seeing them. Um, and I grew up in Augusta, Georgia, go dogs. So yeah, that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Okay. So let's talk about the Georgia Bulldogs. Congrats on the national championship. <laughs> I am an Thank OU Sooner you. fan. So we were out, you know, early on this year, we didn't really even get the chance to the playoffs, but you were at the game, right? I did get to go to the game. Yes, it was exciting. I know it was a last minute decision. I saw that there were still a few tickets floating out there. And so I called a friend and I was like, I know this is crazy, but what if we just hop in the car and go? So we did. And I'm so glad that they won. That would have been a different experience if we (laughs) drove at the last minute and they didn't win. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it was a long time coming for them. And, you know, like with football, to me, more more of it's about the tradition and just watching with friends and family on a Saturday. And I grew up going to games with my dad and always would drive over in college to the games. My college didn't have football. And so we would <laughs> Mine drive. Mine didn't like, either. Yeah. Yeah. Mine didn't we, either at the time. Yeah. Okay. So we're all in the same boat there. But yeah, we would drive like 45 minutes over to the University of Georgia to watch the games. So it's just fun to have that 
you know, kind of bonding experience with friends and family. And I'm so pumped that they won this year. It was really fun. You know, I mean, what you said about just kind of those memories and just the nostalgia, I I feel like that is kind of my husband in OU football, even though he went to OU, it's it's the experience of being mm-hmm. like in the stadium and just the traditions that happen. So I think that's really fun. And I'm I'm really happy that the Bulldogs won. I was we were rooting for them at our house. So good for good for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so fun, I know. And who knew when you tuned into the Lifeway Women podcast today that we would talk about sports and football. I love it. Here for it. Yes. We can talk about Nashville soccer some other time, Kelly. Oh, let's (laughs) do. Let's do. I I think maybe we should all go to the new stadium. Well, you know. I have season tickets, so I will go for sure. That's right. Okay. Let's shift the topic just a little bit. Back to to what uh, you may be expecting. But, Katie, you have recently written a devotional for tweens called You Can Rest, but talk a little bit about you alluded to your love of students and young girls and your calling to minister to that age group. Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So after I graduated high school and, you know, started into college, it was pretty soon after that, that I realized I had a love for just kind of pouring into the girls behind me. So I went actually on a missions trip this summer after my freshman year of college, went over to Zambia and taught in schools for about six weeks. And it's so funny, like, I feel like with a missions trip like that, you feel like the one takeaway would just be, you know, getting a a global perspective or seeing the work that God's doing around the world. And all of that was true. But the thing that really stuck for me after that trip was I realized I had a passion for students and for student ministry. So I came back for my sophomore year of college and quit the sorority that I was in and became a young life leader instead, just because I felt like I didn't have the bandwidth to do both. Mm. And I kind of feel like the rest is history from there because I don't I don't really know a season in my life where there hasn't been some kind of student ministry opportunity. You know, in college it was young life and after college it's been you know, some seasons it's been like interning with a church or being on staff with a church for a little while. Other seasons, it's leading a small group of middle schoolers or high schoolers. And um, I've also done seasons where it's just, you know, mentoring one or two girls. I've had girls in my living room to lead a Bible study with, you know, and it's just, it's looked really different and I've loved every piece of it. And I think for me, there's just this huge desire to make sure that I'm like turning around to the girls behind me and that they know, you know, who Jesus is. And that for me, like even growing up, that's also one of the reasons why I came to know the Lord is because I had so many women around me who were committed to teaching me the Bible and showing me what it looked like to follow him. And so um, it's really part of the reason why it's so, uh, or such a big deal for me. Mm. I love that phrase, like the the people behind you. And I think that's something mm. that we can look at no matter where we are in life, what season we're in personally is just who's behind you as well as like looking for who's in front of you to follow them for sure. sure. Yeah. Well, in the title, um, you can rest. There's a couple of different ways you think about that. I mean, you can rest in the Lord, like the peace that we have in the Lord. But also, like I was looking through your book, Katie, and just you know, you kind of encourage the girls, like, this is something to, to read before you go to bed and just mm-hmm. the peace that you can get. So, 
you know, how have you seen that truth that the you can rest challenge like in your own life? How's the Lord like kind of really worked in that that area of your life? Yeah, it's it's so interesting because the the topic was really born out of a conversation with my niece and learning that she uses devotionals to calm her mind before she goes to bed. And so we really talked about like all the things that she worries about and her friends worry about. And I consider myself a pretty like steady, even keel kind of laid back person. Um, My friends know that about me, but I've never been more like angsty and nervous and anxious than I was in this season of writing this book. Mm. And it's not just because of you know, the weight of writing a book, but it was also the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) And I was carrying a lot of responsibility in my job all at the same time. And so I kind of like joked with a friend after I turned the book in and said, I guess I shouldn't have just assumed that I could, you know, have a full-time job with a lot of responsibility, write a book on the side and be in the middle of a pandemic and walk out of it. Okay. (laughs) And so because of it, the words that I was writing, I truly felt like God was ministering to me as I wrote them and just reminding me that He had everything under control and that He was not leaving me in it. Like I was not alone in this. He was providing every step of the way. And He truly did. I mean, there were days where I just saw His provision in having people come like meet me at a coffee shop to just work next to me while I was writing. So I didn't feel alone. There were days where just the right person would call and I could kind of process what was in my head or days where I would reach out and ask people to pray because it just felt really um, kind of dark and lonely. And so um, I saw him teach me how to rest and relax and realize that he was carrying it all And, you know, that's the very thing that I wanted these girls to realize, too, as they um, or will realize as they pick up this book is that really at the end of the day, the reason we can rest is because he's with us. And the reason we can rest is because of who he is, that he is our protector and our safe place and our comforter. And um, and so I I experienced that all the way through in writing this. That's so good. Yeah, I was actually reading today for another work project um, in Ezekiel, and it reminded me of this conversation because I knew we were having this conversation, and I knew, you know, the title of your book and what it's about. And so Ezekiel 34, there's um, a verse that says in verse 25, God says, I will make a covenant of peace with them and eliminate dangerous creatures from the land so that they may live securely in the wilderness and sleep in the forest. and um, that's an allusion to the Exodus time, but I just loved the, like the fact that it's like sleep in the forest and he's yeah. eliminating dangerous creatures from the land. And so it just made me think of this, knowing that we were going to have this conversation. I was like, that is so perfect because that is, um, what God calls us to rest in his covenant of peace. And he right. calls us to do that. And because he created a covenant of peace with us through his son, like we can, live securely in the wilderness and sleep in the forest um, without worrying. And I love that this book is meant to like calm your heart and mind before bed, because I think that that is a time when our thoughts tend to start 
you know, going on overdrive and we start to worry. And especially for tween girls, I feel like that age, eight through 12 year olds. So if you wonder, want to know what a tween is, it's an eight, yeah. eight year old through a 12 year old. So it's right before a teenager. Um, they can be especially difficult. I know in my life that was a real hard time. So we know that you had meetings with several girls that were that age to talk about what is on their minds and what they worry about and what they might need help with. So can you tell us a little bit about what you learned from those like gatherings, those meetings, and maybe something that surprised you or maybe some encouragement or help for parents of tween girls that are just like, what do we do right now? Everything's so hard. Um yeah. What, what would you have to say to those people? Yeah, so I originally wrote this for my niece, Shelby, who was turning 10 at the time. And I was trying to think of a special gift for her 10th birthday. You know, it's kind of a milestone birthday, and she and I have a close little relationship. And so when she was talking about, um, I think she was actually sharing that with my mom, that she um, uses devotionals to kind of calm down at night before she goes to sleep. My mom was looking to buy her a new one. And I was like, wait, why don't I just write this? You know, I love to write. Mm-hmm. So I wrote just a 10-day version because I thought 10 devotionals for or 10 devotions for her 10th birthday. That sounds right. And in <laughs> um, doing that and kind of starting to share about that with friends and family, that's how this opportunity came about to extend it into a 100-day version. And so my first move after, um, you know, confirming that this was going to happen was to pull together Shelby's friends. And so there was about, I think, 10 of them, and they ranged between the 8 to 12-year-old age group. And I put a few questions in a bowl and sat it in the middle of the room, and I let them kind of pick a question at the time and read it out loud to the group. And so I asked, you know, what do you worry about? Um, What keeps you up at night? And what brings you peace? Mm. And one by one, they share different things. And, you know, some of the things are stuff that's like so normal to us that we remember as a kid too, like being scared of the dark because you think there's something that's going to come out of your closet. I mean, I vividly have memories of of those times in my life. Yes. And then some of it is, you know, friendship related. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do when someone's mad at me. Um, It's, Also, a big one that came up was um, I worry about what people think about me. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, that one surprised me that it was they were saying that at such a young age, because for myself, I don't think I started thinking about that until maybe eighth grade, you know, like 14. Oh, I thought about it early on. I I remember thinking about it in kindergarten. So at least that young. No way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, yeah, they. It's funny. There was one day where they also came and helped me with a little video shoot. And so Mm -hmm. I brought them in one by one and we're asking some of these questions on video. And so they weren't like listening to each other answer. And they were all saying that, like Mm -hmm. what people think about me, what people think about me. And I thought, well, this just breaks my heart, you know, like that, that that's something already on their minds. And, and then worrying about performance was a big thing, you know, how, how they're doing with schoolwork, how they're mm. a lot of times like the oldest in the family, like how they're doing <laughs> living up to their parents' expectations and um, so many things. And so I took every single one of them and 
and used it as inspiration as I wrote. And quite honestly, as I would sit down and write, I would try to think about their little faces and and picture that they were sitting there with me at the coffee table. And, you know, what would I, what would I want to say? What do I want them to know? And the thing that's comforting and encouraging too, is when I ask them about what brings them peace, oftentimes it was their friends and family, or Mm -hmm. it was, um, learning to read the Bible, which is still, you know, a new kind of concept sometimes, but they, there's definitely some that understand and, um, praying. And I I know one or two said they're dogs and I was like, I totally get that. You know, my, my dog brings me, uh, comfort and joy too. So I, I just, one, appreciated this specific group letting me ask those questions and kind of being a part of this process and two, I think it, it just made me that more fired up to give them a resource that truly could be helpful. And I think that's my biggest prayer for this is that it's helpful because I know I know there's so many, you know, kids books for like younger, like preschool or below. And there's a lot of resources for like teen and above. But I feel like this little age group in such a transitional time where you're starting to get to fourth, fifth, and then transition into middle school, it's, I mean, it's hard. And I, I was a weird, awkward kid, especially (laughs) in middle school. And so, um, yeah, I just, I just hope that being reminded that they have a God who loves them and a God who really does care about every single one of their feelings because I know their feelings are going to be all over the place every day and a God who wants to be their safe place and um, who just, yeah, just like loves them as they are. I just hope that this is um, a resource where it's just helpful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I have to the- call them in your, in your book, you call them your board of directors. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I do. I do. And it's funny. I've, that name is kind of stuck. I've texted with their moms here and there. And when I got like book cover examples, I'd be like, Hey, can you ask the board what they think <laughs> of these or, um, whatever. So it's been, it's been really fun for me. Cause again, I think I mentioned earlier, just the writing process can get kind of lonely. Mm-hmm. And so to know that there were moms and girls who were invested and willing to answer those questions or just give their feedback made it feel like a big group project to me. Yeah. And that makes me want to work that much harder in just putting it in people's hands because it, it doesn't feel like it's just mine, you know? Yeah. One of the things that I like about it is that in the table of contents, so you, it's, a hundred days. So you could start on page one, like do day one on day one and following or like each title is a win. So it's like when you're scared, when you have a nightmare, Mm -hmm. when you want all A's. So it could be a resource that girls could go to if they are like, you know, I don't, I'm not, I don't ever worry about what to wear, but Mm -hmm. I do worry about when I am bored. So let me, you know, find that one and read that one or whatever is currently on their minds, they could find that and go to that for sure. And I think that's a, that's very helpful and something that I would have loved at that age to have. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because that was super intentional. And even in the back, there's a whole index of topics too. And I just wanted them to have that as a way to be like, okay, 
today I am worried about the fact that my friend was mean. And right. so they could go look and see what's in there to, to help them with that topic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I'm looking at the, at the back right now and there's like two days where if you were looking at something on mean words, you know, that, that they could go to. And I think even, I mean, I, it's been a while since my daughter was this age, but it, boy, it just takes, I mean, I'm, as you're talking, it just takes me straight back to when she was that age. And you're right. Like the resources out there, it's, it's kind of that in between stage. And I remember even just going to a bookstore and just thinking, what can I buy Courtney that would, you know, get her into God's word. And it wasn't too cheesy, but you know, was really helpful. But so there's not a lot out there. So I think it, like this is a market of, of resources that definitely, because I mean, eight through 12 year olds, I mean, it's, it's a golden age, but it's also kind of an age of just a lot of change is happening Mm -hmm. in their life and in their bodies and all the, all those fun things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember even just thinking when Courtney hit seventh grade, which is just a little bit beyond this, this group, but right around that older part of the, the, the age group, and I just remember just some, some hard things that she went through. And I just thought, okay, she's not my little girl anymore. You know, she's yeah. she's starting to have these bigger issues and just the the fears that, that girls go through. So it's such a, what a great thing. So I know we also have a lot of moms and grandmothers and other aunts who listen to the podcast. We probably don't have a lot of eight to 12 year olds, but we do have a lot of moms. <laughs> but if you are uh, here, welcome. You can be our board of directors yeah. as well. <laughs> and we would love to know that. So yes. please let us know if you're eight to 12 years old and you're listening to the Mark podcast, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, how would you encourage these moms just to, to get their daughters into God's word in a practical way without just like shoving the book in their face? But what are some things that you think would be helpful? Yeah, well, one of the things is I think as, you know, moms, aunts, mentors, all of that, I think we have to model it Um, because I think back to growing up and so much of my curiosity about the Bible is because I watched my mom sit down and read it every morning. So I think one piece is, is, you know, modeling that for them, but also inviting them into it. So maybe you sit down and say, Hey, what if we both read this, you know, chapter or this section of verses for a second? And then like, let's just talk about it. Like while you eat your breakfast or also making it really accessible, it might mean that it's, on the way to school, you turn on, you know, audio Bible in the car and listen to it that way and like pray over those verses before she gets out of the car. Um, I think there's so many resources that we have now that, you know, a lot of us didn't when we were little. And so to be able to just lean into those, I think gives us a way to access scripture just so easily and naturally. Um, Cause I know too, growing up, I, I thankfully was put in Bible studies with my mom. My mom went to Bible study fellowship BSF um, for years and years and they had kids programs. And so that was kind of one of my forms of starting to learn my Bible even more, but, and it's, and it's an incredible way. It's just a very structured, like almost classroom type teaching way. But I think also seeing the word of God come into our day to day, like I said, whether it's like at breakfast or in the car or incorporating it. I mean, that's the way we engage with it now as adults, right? Like I'm, yeah. if I'm like 
nervous about some meetings that are happening while I'm getting ready for work in the morning and putting on my makeup, then I am either reciting scripture or I'm turning on something to listen to, or I'm trying to pull my Bible in while I'm, you know, putting my, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, my mascara on, like whatever it may be. And so I think, um, that just becomes a little more accessible to the girls when they see us model that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think Jackie Hill Perry has talked a little bit about that with her daughter seeing her use a physical Bible because a lot of us access the Bible on our computer or on our phones or whatever. And she said that she was just convicted to use a physical Bible in front of her girls so that they would know that that's what she was doing. And I think back, like what you were saying, Katie, like just remembering how, like our parents having the Bible open. Right. Cause that was before (laughs) when we were teens or tweens, it was before there was a app for that. And so um, I think that is important and something that parents can easily do to just kind of have that picture available for their tweens. And then something I did, I didn't do this until I was older. I was in like Bible drill when I was a tween. Um, So if anybody remembers Bible drill, I was in that. Um, So that's kind of how I uh, hid a lot of the word in my heart was through uh, Bible drill classes, which were very classroom oriented. But one thing that I did as I got older and anxiety was a big issue for me is I uh, wrote out on a big poster board, Philippians 4, 4 through 9. And I put it on my ceiling because I was like, this is when I need this in the mm-hmm. like late at night. And then in the morning, when I first thing, when I get up to remember to rejoice in the Lord, to think about what is true and what is noble and what is pure. And so um, I think that's another thing that you could just do that's very practical is just have scripture in your home, have it, put it on a post-it note on a mirror or like write in a dry erase marker on your mirror or put, give her some markers, let her write it on the poster board and hang it in her room or something. Yeah, Um, girls love that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that would be really um, helpful for sure. But yes, I love, I love those uh, tips that you gave for sure. And I think we can all work on that and just making it part of our everyday lives and, and saying it out loud and having a physical Bible helps for our daughters and nieces to know that that's what we're doing. Yeah. Okay. We need to shift gears a little bit because there's something really cool associated with this devotional. And that is a song that you wrote with Hillary Scott and Dave Haywood. Please tell us all about that process. (laughs) Yeah. So back in the fall, I was getting ready for bed one night and remembering, I don't even think I was having like an anxious night, but I was just remembering that a lot of times when I do, when I'm like having trouble falling asleep, I will turn on music to fall asleep to. Um, like one of my favorite go-tos is Christy Knuckles' Be Held album. It's a lullaby oh, album. Oh, so good. That is yeah. such a good one. It's so good. And so in thinking about that, I was like, I need a song for these girls. Like I just, I want them to have a song because music is such a big thing for me to help me calm down. And I, I I think I also had trouble falling asleep because I was so stuck on that idea. And then I woke up the next morning and it was still, it was the first thing on my mind. And I have known um, Hillary Scott and Dave Haywood from Lady A for 
quite a long time. Dave is actually a family friend from home, like back in Augusta. I mean, his parents live like down the street from my parents and my brother works with them and um, and Hillary too. I've known her for a really long time. And so they were the first on my minds because I knew that they would understand my heart for this, for this message. And they also have girls. And so I reached out knowing that I was kind of asking a crazy thing. Like they're very busy artists and <laughs> I've never written a song in my life. And well, that's not true. I've, <laughs> I have written <laughs> songs like in college and before they are just not good, but I, I reached out to them and, and told them that it would just be a dream to be able to give these girls a song. And they were of course, first on my mind. And within an hour, they both were like, yeah, we're in. And what shocked me too is um, I sent a PDF of the book just for them to look at. And Dave, within that first hour, had already started working out a melody. He was like, hey, I'm just going to attach this recording of a melody that I worked on. And I'm like, how in the world do you do that? But um, it took us it took us some time to kind of get together, the three of us. But we had a songwriting session. And I mean, within like four hours, I think we had written all the lyrics and um, Hillary recorded the song. And it has just been so special. I've cried so many tears about that song. Um, because it was so evident to me that God was in the room that day when we wrote. There were, uh, we had the book open, but there were lyrics like that they would throw out and say that were just um, really meaningful to me that I knew mm-hmm. that I had put in the book, but they didn't know that yet because they hadn't like read that far. And so we just all kind of walked away that day knowing that it was something really special. And so on Tuesday, March 29th, You Can Rest comes out from Hillary Scott as well as a song, you know, that'll be available um, on Spotify and Apple Music and all the places that is just another resource for these girls to use. But I also think it's a it's going to be a song that's going to speak to a lot of us and really my prayer is that it brings a lot of people peace in a a time when we're still really anxious. And I think that song can do a lot of things that the book can't. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really, really grateful to them that they said yes. And I'm really grateful that it it exists. So, yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad you mentioned that it comes out. You said March 29th, right? Yes. Yes. So we'll we'll do like a a postscript to the show notes and put that link in there once we get it. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to hear it. How fun is that? I I maybe get a preview because Katie and I are in real life friends. (laughs) And so it is really good. It's really special song for sure. That's fun. Yeah. Okay, Katie, this is the question we ask all of our guests um, because we are the marked podcast. Tell us what has marked you in your walk with the Lord. Yeah, so I was thinking about this, and um, because I think it's such an interesting question, I've heard you guys ask it to a lot of your guests at the end, or I guess all your guests at the (laughs) end, and for me, I think it's been just this deep understanding that God truly is with me, Mm. and I say that because... I, you know, there's plenty of things that I've struggled with, with him over the years, like where I'm questioning, like, what are you doing? Or I don't understand this. Or like, why haven't you answered me on this? Um, I've had 
days where I've been angry and all the things, but I've never questioned that he's there and that he's with me. And I truly think it's changed the way that I live. Um, I, I began a relationship with him at a really young age and I know that I didn't fully grasp an understanding of the gospel at that time, but I do think I grasped an understanding that God loved me and was with me. And I have had some really, you know, dark days and have been through some hard things um, as we all have. And it's been his presence that has gotten me through that. And so when I think back just on a life with him, I think that's the one thing that really has made a difference for me is just his, you know, um, close, intimate presence. And there's just a deep trust that I have that he's good no matter what. Yeah, that's so good. Well, I'm really excited about your book because I really do think that there are a lot of younger what we call our younger women, our little girls. So our little life women. Our little life <laughs> women that are really going to benefit from this. And uh, I just thank you for being obedient to write it, Katie. We're excited about it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that so much. And yeah, I'm excited too. Yeah. Yeah. So listeners, we do want to encourage you just to go to all the places that you buy books. Go to LifeWay.com. Look for You Can Rest by Katie Boatman, and we'll have the link in our show notes. But thanks so much again, Katie and Elizabeth. We'll be back next week, right? Yes. All right. We'll see you then. Bye. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag Marked Podcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.